Okay, welcome back, friends. I feel like I need like a a theme song, like "Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the show." I don't know something. I feel <laughs> it should include then <laughs> "Welcome back, friends," because you actually, <laughs> I think you do a great job. Listen, I every uh, time, every time I I say I friends, willfully I mean, hand friends. that over to you. I want nothing with having to do the intro. So don't worry, everybody. <laughs> Annie is great. Leave it be. I just I feel. I just feel the need to burst into song, you know? Like, I just want to... That's you naturally. Have a theme I don't song. Think that, that's just you on a Tuesday. <laughs> on or a Wednesday. Tuesday. As the case oh, today's may be. Wednesday. As mm-hmm. the case may be, today is Wednesday. I mean, I just feel like New Girl, like, stole my life, you know? And I just want to have, like, who's that girl? It's Annie. Like It's Annie's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Something... Guys, we're in a real good mood, okay? Here we are. Okay, which is good news. We're talking about something that just makes everybody cringe a little inside. Oh. So, good thing. Yeah, we're we come in a with good a good mood. attitude and a light yeah. spirit. With a light, light and happy spirit. Yeah. Today, we're talking about just all those fun things that make you not want to be with your family on <laughs> the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, all the things we already are very clear on all the things why we want to be with our family, but the things in your back of your mind going, oh my gosh, I hope that uncle doesn't pull me to the side or geez, I really don't want to have to talk to my mom about that again. Yeah. Those ones. (laughs) And listen, if your family is like dreamboat and like, you don't argue and you don't have these problems, like congratulations. Yeah. You may as well just hop right on off. Um, or you could listen for a friend. I don't know, but I or think that, like maybe you are that person. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you're the one I that mean, people are like, "Oh, are they coming to family?" You might be the uncle that everyone's hope he doesn't show up for Turkey Day. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I survived Thanksgiving. Did you survive Thanksgiving? Yes, I survived Thanksgiving. I went to my in-laws which is always a little bit different, you know, than being at your house and having all of your memories and traditions that you grew up with. But we survived. It was great. The food was yummy. Good company. Good talk. So yeah, it was good. We survived. I love it. I feel great about it. This is actually one of my better Thanksgivings. Like my brother and his wife came up to Utah for the first time. And so most people were there in my family. That's huge. Yeah. No one yelled at anybody. For probably also, two hours. Huge. I mean, please. So yeah, it's good. It's good. So, but now the other holidays are upon us and it's just it's just fun, you know, all the things. So we're just gonna talk about all the things that are hot and you know, sometimes troublesome in having conversations around the holidays. And it's normal to feel some anxiety about it, right? Like we might have difficult relationships in our families or maybe our in-laws and it can be just like tricky water sometimes to know like what to talk about that's not going to cause any problems or to navigate to, those things. Yeah, how you know? to get yourself out of a conversation if you somebody else is choosing to engage, stuff like that. Right. And you did a little like poll on Facebook to try and find some things that people were struggling with, right? Yes, and it was interesting because I'd already written out like what I thought I either have dealt with myself or other people have told me about and almost everything everybody said we hit on the head so oh good (laughs) that's great that that the things we're covering today lots of people if you're if you're in this camp so are lots of people because almost everything they brought up was stuff that 
was on our list. So that means that more than one person is dealing with it. So you're not alone in dealing with the stuff. It's good. (laughs) So the stuff. So we're going to cover kind of these like hotter topics and some suggestions to handle them like a champ. All right. Okay. So here's kind of a little process. So here's how this is going to go down, my friends. I'm going to talk about kind of this process, which is honestly similar to the process we've talked about in lots of episodes. I've kind of tweaked it a little bit to be fitting for this particular topic, but we'll kind of talk about the process and then we'll dive into kind of the different categories and how we can apply this process to that topic, if that makes sense. Okay, it's going to be great. Okay, so before you go to any gathering, Keep in mind, this is a lot of this work is done before you head to that party. Now, listen, if you've got a killer dress and some killer heels, that is magical. But if you do not have a killer set of boundaries, this party's going to stink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're going to be looking fly on the outside and feeling super <laughs> not fly on the inside. 100. That is true. So before you go, you got to do some strategizing. I can talk. Before you even go, like you got to strategize what you're going to do. And so the first step is like identifying, right? What's going on that bugs you? And who is this person that's making you feel anxious? Who are you afraid to talk to? Who are the people you tend to butt heads with? Like, we're not making any judgments about any of it. We're just identifying and acknowledging what it is. Like, is it the uncle? Like you just said, Julie, like, or is it the cousin? Is it, is it your own son? I mean, is it, who is it? That at these holiday gatherings, anxious reaction from you, right? Because right. they can't cause you to feel anything per se, but we all have an impact on each other. So what are these situations or people that you're like, and feeling a little stressed about? I like that you said too, because like for me, even with my kids being younger, sometimes they are the, co- the cause of chaos. Like we'll go and I'm oh, nervous please, about yeah. how they're going to act and how that is going to reflect on me as mom. So I have to like identify all of those things ahead of time. The nice thing is, is this is going to like narrow in your focus so that it doesn't just feel like it's an overall ball of anxiety. Because if we go into any type of situation with an overall anxiety, it's completely unhelpful for us to be able to be like really concrete about handling the situation. If I know going in that this is the person that I might need to avoid, now I don't have anxiety about walking in the door or what we're having for dinner, even though I know exactly how to handle the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I think you. it can be too consuming. If we, if we just leave it in the anxiety world and we don't identify, we're leaving, we're leaving this giant bubble open that like, then everything is anxious. You know, everything is anxiety ridden. Yeah, everything is yeah. a problem. Everything is making us nervous. The whole night seems unfun where we might miss some of the joy that we could have if we had just taken the time to identify what was really happening. Yes, for sure. And those specifics are there to just help you have a specific plan, right? It's not to say that this uncle, I know we keep saying uncle, but like, maybe it's an aunt, I don't know. Maybe it's your grandma. I don't know. This person though. Mine was usually my uncles. (laughs) So that was stressful for you. Listen, I also have some uncles that were difficult and are still difficult. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time. So we identify who the person is, right? And the situation specifically, like this person always brings up this, or this person uh, has very, very different beliefs than me or whatever, like identify like the circumstance of what's going on and like the person that you're feeling anxious about or who you're afraid to talk to. And then when you've identified that, you're going to just like wonder like, who 
hmm, I wonder what's going on. Like what's underneath that? Because I have really found that people are not petty and that pettiness is just like a mask for like a deeper problem. And so what's under it? Like, is there something that's happened in the past that's like built the tension? Um, what do you think you might be making it mean? Like, are you making it mean something else than what they're saying? And what's the problem really about? So that one will dig a little bit more into as we go into like each topic, but, and we'll give more examples as well. It's just, the, I, to keep in mind, the idea is like, there's curiosity, this wonder, this imagining, like, hmm, what's kind of going on for me? Like, why is this bugging me so badly? Here's a situation, why does it bug me? And then, of course, my last step, friends, is love, 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 love. So how can you show love to yourself and to the other person? Because you can walk away in a loving space or you can walk away in like a hateful place. Right. So how can you get yourself into a really good loving space? And then can you find some common ground with them? Can we step into their shoes for a minute? Can we forgive? Like, these are all questions to be asking yourself as you prepare, like, your escape plan or your whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, there was a time so married that I went with my then husband and his family to a trip. And they are so fun loving. Like, my former in-laws are just like a fun bunch. Like, they love to hang out together. They spend a lot of time together. They fiercely love each other. And with that fierce love comes some passionate topics and discussions right and hurt feelings and things can come up right and they're all very aware of this like you know like this is not news to them right so I'm not saying like things behind their back like they all are very aware that they're fiercely loving and they're fiercely passionate and sometimes those that can like collide right so right there can be a lot of like chaos sometimes in those conversations and and I love them and I'm gonna just trust that they can figure it out and we just went and did other things. And that made it great for us because we weren't trying to fix everyone's problems. And truth be told, they might have been frustrated with us trying to always like insert ourselves in their business, you know? Yeah. And so escape so plan my boundary. Can be sometimes, right? Like it, yeah. it just depends. But the point is we did come from a place of like loving those people. And we also have this like joke between us. Like we just like use this funny voice all the time. Like. If you guys know Jimmy Fallon and his show, Ill, no. it's our favorite in my household. So we found these little silly ways to get ourselves like out of the drama, if that makes sense. Like we just kind of would be silly then it would kind of ease the tension. We'd walk away, go have fun, be silly about things and then come back to it in like a much better mood. And we're not coming back with like resentment that they're ruining the trip or that they're doing this or whatever, like. We didn't have to deal with any of that. We're just like, hey, we're here to have a good time. You guys can do what you want, and I'm here to party. And if you're not partying, no problem. I'm going to go hang out over here for a minute. And again, like, that's not necessarily needs to be your escape plan at, you know, Christmas Eve party, but it maybe it is. So we're going to talk about each of these topics and kind of go through the steps a little bit and kind of just discuss each of these hotter topics that come up. First one I want to talk about is politics, because that seems to be the one that people are the most hot on. And with that, we'll include religion as well, because I feel like they're similar in its things that can be very uh, divis divisive, divisive. Yeah, divisive. And a lot of times I think we feel like they're they align with like our core values. So like yeah. religiously and then politically, a lot of times it's like 
we emotionalize those issues to where it's part of our core being and our core value. Yeah. So I think that's why they get so passionate and people get so, so passionate about it. But yeah, I think that's a very good point. Like we do, it does align with our values and yes. I mean, that's what it kind of tends to be some of the hottest ones. I mean, for me, like I have siblings who are on one side of the fence and some are on the other side and it's become like a taboo subject at family gatherings. Like they just don't talk about it or if someone starts to talk about it, someone else walks away. Like it just is not, and it doesn't have to be that way. But I think because people do, like you said, emotionalize it and make it so personal. I was thinking about this too. And like, one of the things that I've, that I've really, that's really helped me kind of before we get into the scenario part is just remembering that like someone's opinions and specifically on like political matters, like they do not reflect our true selves. So like, and we don't actually have to even identify those as myself. Like the way that I feel about the first amendment doesn't actually have to do with anything about how I love you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and even though I feel very passionate about maybe a certain topic, that's a politic, you know, maybe like, an abortion or something that's a really hot topic, moral issue. Those, the way that I feel about it actually does not interact at all between you and I as a human. And as sometimes we feel like if someone feels differently than us, then like they're so far away removed from us. And I think if we can separate ideas from our spirit, like we can have certain ideas about something and understand that that's not who our core spirit is or who their core spirit is. And I think sometimes in the wonder part, we can think about the fact where we're saying like either the person might have an emotion because either they've come into contact with something like that in their life. And so that's why they're opinionated on that fact. Or they might have almost no actual like interaction with it at all. Like I have certain ideas of how I think the economic situation in the United States is going. Right. But the truth is, I'm actually not that grounded in it. So I don't need to argue with a bunch of people about it. And I definitely don't need to engage with someone who feels that they have very strong opinions about it. Because truth is, they probably don't know either. Most people don't know how to fix the economic (laughs) (laughs) welfare of the United States. I mean, really, if any of us really knew, then like, would it be solved by now? Yeah, what are we doing? What what are we doing? We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, One second. Like holding it as long as I possibly can. Okay. Um, Yes, I think it's a very, very valid point that people's ideas are not them and I think that's the thing too is like we get so we feel like they're rejecting us like if they don't agree with our opinions and like they're rejecting us as humans and I think that's a conscious thing but I think that subconsciously we're like oh they're rejecting me Mm -hmm. you know so and let's give everybody you know I think if we if we argue too much about some of these topics too we aren't holding our own opinions in a place of wonder we're like you have the right to change your opinions too. I mean, I feel very different politically and even religiously from what I felt like when I was 20. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and so, yeah, yeah, allowing that growth and that understanding. But sometimes if we cause people to dig their heels in a little bit too much, we don't allow that opportunity for them. That's true. Or if we get too huffy about it and walk away, we're not allowing everyone to kind of approach some of these topics with like, a sense of wonder. Oh, well, why do you feel that way? That's interesting. You know, yeah. if you can sure. engage with that yeah. person, you may not be able to there, which is what we're discussing. Sure. really like, can you even do that? Right. Yeah. And it, and if that's possible. And the thing is, I think that 
more often than not, we can. It's the way we're approaching stuff or the way they're approaching us is not working. Yeah. Like, I think it's more possible than we realize. It's just so much of the, the way it's approached. Yep. So let's get the first scenario. Tell me. I mean, let's say like a cousin has a really strong opinions about this topic and maybe it's gun rights or maybe it's whatever, right? Like maybe it's uh, abortion, like you said, or maybe it's uh, tricky origins of the church that people are like, I'm out on the church now and I don't want to talk to you. Like I, 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 I'm kind of lumping them together, not because they're the same thing, but because I feel like they, they evoke the biggest emotions, right? Yeah. So and you identify, like, okay, so I have this cousin they have strong opinions about this topic and it's really hard for me to talk to them. Okay. So we're wondering like, okay, why does it upset me? You might think these are just a couple examples. It could, this could be none of them. Maybe it's something else, but some things I thought of were like, I think it upsets me because I feel nervous that if we get into a conversation and we disagree, she might yell at me and I'm going to get triggered by the yelling. Uh-huh. If I get triggered by yelling. That's something that I like when my kids start to yell, I'm like, Ooh, get up out of my business. Like I will. Yeah. I'll try to shut it down as fast as I can. Cause I hate yelling. Like, so maybe you're nervous about the yelling or maybe um, it's because you believe that they're going to tell you that they're stupid for your position yeah. on that issue. Or maybe they're not going to say you're stupid, but the way they have the conversation is implying that you're stupid for that position. Um, and like, that I has know... to do with definitely approaching a conversation. I mean, if you're approaching a conversation with a fixed mindset, no matter what, it will feel that way. It'll feel like one or you, one or the other of you feels like the other is stupid. Right. Or they're like making you wrong for how you feel about it. And like, can we both be right? Because they're right for them and that's okay. And, and I know too, that this is easier for me to say, because I'm not like a hot political person, but for those who feel really strongly and very passionately, like that can be harder. I get that. But also, like you said, at the end of the day, this isn't who we are. These are just ideas we have. And we don't need to be making anybody wrong or making them feel stupid. But maybe that's your fear. Like you're afraid of, and again, this you might have to dig a little bit deeper. This might be subconscious. Like you might be afraid that they're going to like, that you're going to feel stupid having those discussions. Like I know that there are lots of times that, um, I'll be honest with my ex, like there were times that we'd have these like discussions. And I, I believe he intended to like just open up a debate and like talk about stuff but the way he talked about it for me felt as if he was telling me I'm stupid and maybe that's yeah. not what he was trying to do and I don't think he was trying to do that but that's the way it came across to me so I didn't want to engage in those conversations I was like well you're just gonna tell me I'm dumb like I don't I don't need that but anyway which is a lot of our communication issues right but that's why I thought that that could be maybe a fear someone has or Maybe it's like you think it's going to cause like feelings of shame or embarrassment and like disagreeing with you means they're rejecting you. Right. So those are just a couple of things. I don't yeah, know if there's any others be, you can think of. It also could be like that. Maybe you feel like you don't get to have a true connection with this person. So it's frustrating. Like the yeah. only connection they ever try to do is connect with you on kind of like a debate state, you know, instead of like really understand like they, it could be they never even asked me about my job. They don't even know anything about me. And then we get together yeah. in the conversations this, you know? Yeah, that's really great, actually. I love that. Because if you know that that's like what the fear is or the frustration is, then make a plan from that. Right. And that's going to be a true. So you might have a two-step why. It might be why. Well, it's annoying and I don't like it. And they made me feel dumb. Well, why does that matter? 
Well, because I actually wish sometimes that we had a true relationship and we don't. And when it comes down to it, like they know nothing about me. Okay. Right. That's a way more solid place for us to be building a plan off of. 100%. So you're right. It might have to be a why and then a why and then a why. Like to get, (laughs) I'm really asking you to dig deeper. Like, what is it really about? Or maybe you're like, I've never got along with this person in my life. And I don't even want to talk to them. But I feel like if I don't, then it's going to cause problems or whatever. Like, I don't know. Whatever it is, you get to dig down and honestly make it a matter of prayer. If you can't quite figure out why, you can certainly talk to him. And I'm sure he will help you see that block that you have. Because these things that you're afraid of or that you're anxious about or you're avoiding, whatever, those things are blocks for you. It's blocking you from feeling and then receiving deep love. Because even if you're not like besties with this person, for you to be able to have love flow freely to and from your body, those things are blocking it. So it it might even be that you're using the atonement and Christ's love for them to get through the evening, right? Like if you're still approaching it in a forgiving way and you're still approaching them in a Christ-like manner, you will still receive that love too. So I think there can be a situation, like if the situation was like you said, if I felt well, I've never even liked this person anyway. I don't really want to be around them. They make me uncomfortable or whatever. You know, the plan being might be that we go in and go, okay, well, the plan is then that I'm going to ask them three little questions about themselves and then I'm going to try and avoid them for the rest of the night. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. Plan. But if you can approach them with a Christ-like love and be able to be able to do even that, then it's to your benefit always. Yes. I love it. So good. So then, okay, so we kind of maybe once we've kind of figured out like what's going on, then, okay, if we're going to really try to love ourselves on this person, okay, if it's the yelling thing, right? Like, why do I think she's yelling when she gets into a disagreement? I mean, like I said, my kids start to yell, like triggers me, like my little boy, like he starts having his massive meltdown. It triggers me for a couple of reasons, but one of them being the yelling and I'm like, oh, you will not be like your dad. That is not going to happen. Like, and I just get into all kinds of funk and I'm working on it and I'm better, but I'm still sometimes I'm like, Ugh. but um, that starts happening. I'm like, no, don't. But if I have to dig down and like, okay, why is he yelling? Why does he even feel the need to yell? Probably because he's not feeling heard. Mm-hmm. And he's got so much anger. We're going to talk about that another time more about him and his anger, but point is like if he's like angry because he's playing not heard and understood he's raising his voice to get my attention that may not be the case with cousin or grandma or whoever but just to get into like why are they yelling if if the yelling is the thing like that's the thing I'm usually afraid of is the yelling um or maybe it's also an important thing like if you were the person that I was interacting with and I was nervous about I might be thoughtful of the fact of maybe it's really anxiety ridden for Annie to come to a party with you know, her son and her daughter alone and she's nervous. Like I'm able to place myself in what your scenario might be so that then I'm able to come at it from a positive place. And I go, okay, well, I understand then like, cause sometimes I come into a party and it has nothing to do with anyone that's even there. It's the fact that like, it took me 45 minutes to get one person to put their shoes on. Correct. (laughs) You know, and then I'm entering the whole party with anxiety and something happens and I get triggered and mad and upset and angry because of what happened 45 minutes before. So even if we're coming in with a loving heart too, and being understanding to that. 
Right. But I think that's the whole point is like taking a step back to wonder what's going on for them too. Like, does she feel triggered? Like, is maybe she feeling insecure when we disagree and she needs to try to defend her worth. And that's why she's digging her heels in so deep on this topic. Yep. Right. And can I like lovingly change the subject? Right. Can I try to find common ground on these issues? Like if I want to have the discussion, can I like lovingly find common ground? Like there, you know, it's, it's just checking into what kind of plan can I create that's going to be loving? Like what will make this be feel like love for me and for them? And I love this because you have some good ideas here of like actual ways that you could change the subject in a really loving way. Yeah. So it could just be as simple as let's talk about something else, right? Like <laughs> you don't have to make it a big deal. Like my therapist once told me, keep it light and polite. And I was like, yes, like <laughs> if there's stressful situations that I have not much control over light and polite, move along. Right. Like I can't fix everybody. Sometimes I wish I could, but I cannot, right? Can't fix anyone. So sometimes light and polite is the best way to get through. That may not be always the case, but it could just be like, even kind of laugh a little bit. Like, oh, you know, let's just talk about something else. But then have other topics. I remember I coached someone once that they were having some issues with their mom. And they were worried about an upcoming trip with their mom. And they knew that these certain conversations were going to come up. And it was going to be so difficult. And I was like, well, what are some other things you could talk about? And like, have those kind of in the back of your mind. Like you, I mean, you could talk about a book you just read or like ask them about a book they read or like what shows they're like, just have a couple, like in your back pocket, things that you could shift into easily. That are light and polite. (laughs) Sure. Or maybe they are equally passionate, but it's something maybe you guys have a common ground on, but just talk about something else, but have the backup right? Like, yep, I love it. Maybe you write it on a little post-it note and stick it literally in your back pocket. <laughs> so you have a few other things. Um, anyway, it was really cool. Cause after that trip, she texted me and was like, Oh my gosh, best trip my mom I've ever had. Like it was so cute that she had this total shift in the way she saw her mom and had such a great time with her. And anyway, it was so good, but okay. Love and logic says, I love you too much to argue. And that's been one of my favorite phrases that I took from that training was I love you too much to argue. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not said like, let's talk about something else. I love you too much to argue. Like, no, it's like genuinely, you know what? I just, I don't, I love you too much to argue. Let's think of something else. Let's play this game. Let's whatever. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, the people in your life well enough to know, like, if you said that, is that going to like cause more problems? Because here's the thing. When you're changing the dance, people are going to step on each other's toes a little bit because you've changed the dance. So very good analogy. Yeah. They're, you're going to just, you know, move it a little bit. I think I heard that somewhere. I don't know. I forget things I read. I think you made it up. Listen, (laughs) deep in my heart, I'm a dancer. So, but when you change it, it's going to like, it's going to be awkward for a second. We're changing the dynamic. And so also trust that even if it changes the way things are interacted for a minute, like it's going to be okay. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So just shifting gears and have the backup conversations, right. That you could just really easily move into. Um, you can also, a statement you could say is um, like, you're in a hot topic, right? You're, you're battling out Royale, battle Royale over, I don't know, masks. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you're having this conversation and you can say, you know what? I hear that you feel really passionately about this. And maybe we can talk about it another time so you can really hear each other out. 
Yeah, because a party setting is not going to be the one where you're going to really feel each other's like emotions anyway. So I like that it still gives them an opportunity to show that you care about how they feel, but yeah. that it's just not maybe the appropriate time. Sure, sure. Now, well, so, for whatever reason, some people think that, yeah, Christmas Eve is like the time to talk about abortion, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's not. Truly, truly not. So, and, and here's the thing is like, and that's your family dynamic and it's working for you. Like you do you, boo. But if it's not working, then yeah. And also there's a lot of pressure too. It's like, there's a lot of stimulation, a lot of things going on. And so if it maybe comes up and here's the thing, this doesn't have to be just holidays. Like this could even just be Sunday dinner, right? Like uh-huh. a lot of people have Sunday dinner with their families, right? I yep. mean, I've been at several Sunday dinners, like when I fly home and have dinner with my family and there's been some hot things that like driven people apart, you know, and so yeah. And maybe like a one-on-one conversation is a little bit better for that space and and also, like, when things are just getting really, really hot, when our brains, I mean, I mean, you can read this on any book on the brain, right? Like, but when we have our brains, like, in an emotional mode, an emotional brain, logic has checked out. Yep. So to get logic back online, you might need to just, like, take a breather, talk about it later. But you're letting them know that you care about their saying. It's just maybe let's talk later when we're, like, a little bit chilled out, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then um, another idea is like, just listen to try to understand what they're saying. Like maybe just give yourself a vacation from trying to prove your point. Because <laughs> like, I've done that. I, I, in the past, I have had times where I was like, this is what it is and I will prove my point. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's never worked well. I've never once been like, very glad I did that. Very glad I tried to drive my point home and drove the person crazy. Like, that it doesn't help so that might be an option if you're feeling in a good enough loving space to just hear what they're saying they don't make anything they're saying wrong and if you don't agree with something you don't have to agree with them just like "Uh uh-huh I see where you're coming from that's it like because the more understood that they feel the more likely they'll be to hear you out even if it's not right away like, I don't want you to go in this conversation, lovingly listen to everything they're saying, and then right after be like, okay, now it's my turn. They're like, no, because it might take more times of building that trust, right? But I do believe that the more people feel understood, the more likely they're going to be to hear you out. So see if you can find out, like, what's driving this viewpoint and how are they feeling about it? And we discussed this in, a, um, in the last episode about um, disagreeing online, right? Like, trying to find this like common ground there's a very good chance you actually have strong feelings in the same general vicinity so it just takes enough patience to find that right because it's such an emotional thing so another topic that can cause some like maybe some stress or some anxiety is being asked about like what your future plans are whether that's kids or marriage or missions or whatever like just kind of what's coming up in your life so yeah it also could be what's currently happening like if you're going through a really big thing a family should be like a really big support like if you're going through a divorce you might really appreciate christmas eve with your family and not having to be alone right but it also could be a source of anxiety if everybody wants to only just talk about your ex or something right yes yes so yeah either current situation or like things that are coming up like personal questions Yeah, personal questions that are, and I think we're thinking to talk about this one a little bit more because the first one, you're maybe identifying why that person is doing that. And in this scenario, 
it's probably going to take a lot more for you to personally identify why you're worried about it. Can we look at it and go, I bet this person is asking me these questions because they love me and they're so concerned for me. And there's a really good way for you to just be able to be like, you know what? I think I can't talk about it right this minute, but thank you for loving me. You know? Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Whether it's something current or in the future. Yeah. Like you're right. It's a good way to sum up is to say it's personal questions. Right. So, and and really good to check in with yourself because you might figure, okay, like who typically brings this up or who, whatever, like, and, and maybe identify that. But then like, yeah, like you said, are you feeling frustrated with your life right now? And that's why it feels invasive when someone asks about your future. Like, yes. Or like you said, are you feeling raw because you're doing your, it's during a breakup or a divorce. Like you're feeling kind of raw right now. Like you don't want to, sometimes I don't like being asked about dating. I'll be honest. Right. Or you've lost your job recently. And then that's all. And and you're already consumed with that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, just thinking like you go into the situation, like what if you've lost your job? And you're already consumed with that thought all the time. And then you yeah. go to this party and everybody's asking you about it too. Right. And they're so. like, how's the job hunt going? You're like, dude, <laughs> right. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's going. Yep. Yeah. Right. Like, so I love what you said before, like interpret it as they care. Cause even if they're saying in a way that like, doesn't feel caring to you, I would, I would bet that most of the time the intention is caring. Right. Um, or maybe like you can't have been able to have kids yet. It's like, you're deeply sad about that. So people asking like, Oh, when are you guys going to have kids? Like, maybe it's like the distant relative you only see at holiday gatherings that ask you that. Right. Right. Like maybe cause maybe cause your mom's already aware. So she's not asking, but like your great aunt Sally is going to ask because she doesn't know what else to ask you about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe like you're about to launch your dream business and you don't know if they'll be supportive. It's like, you're nervous about, and when asking about your job, because you don't want to tell them like you're about to like quit your job and start this business. And, you know, like these personal things, these uh, topics about like our life's choices, like with our families or our jobs or our futures or, you know, whether or not to go on a mission or whatever. Like, so then you want to kind of say like, okay, how can I show love to me in this area? Like, can I adjust my thinking about the thing that I think I'm lacking in? Like, if I don't have kids yet, am I seeing myself as lacking? Right. Because if I see myself as lacking, then people's comments or questions about me having children triggers my belief that I'm lacking. Right. I was, Clara I was has joined able... us on the mic. <laughs> Clara. If you hear a little squeal every now and then, this is a true mom podcast. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Not okay. your mama's relief society, except for the parts where people are still mamas. <laughs> <laughs> But it just the point is, is like, is, is there something you feel like you're lacking? And you can just say, like, you know what? I just don't want to talk about that right now. And again, go back to like having other topics, you know? Um, or you could even say, if you want to be brave and be like, you know what? I know that this area, fill in the blank, isn't necessarily where I want to be. And these are the blessings I'm getting from that waiting place, right? Um, and that's and a full share. About, then you're really sharing. I mean, if there's someone yeah. you're really cared to share with, but you don't want to have to go all the way into it, that's a good one. I also thought if you're close enough and if it's a small enough family gathering, like sometimes just shooting a text to every, like we have a sister's thread and every now and then um, my sister recently got in like a car accident and it was like really jarring. And like, we were all going to be going out for my mom's birthday. And we just shot a text to everybody that was like, Hey, you know what? I think she doesn't really want to have to talk about this at the, at the um, family lunch. 
And so all of us just preemptively like text each other, like, okay, let's stay away from this conversation. And it was kind of yeah. nice because you can preemptively like, hey guys, you know what? I know I'm going through a lot right now, but I really can't discuss this like until I'm ready to discuss it. So when I see you all tonight, is it okay if we like don't talk about it? Then, sure. you know, your family already preemptively won't be doing it, hopefully. Yeah, let me right for sure. <laughs> yes. Right. And you can also just like turn it around and say, you know, I just I don't know yet. What's new with you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What shows are you watching right now? Like they could they ask, like, you know, like <laughs> when are you going on a mission? I'm like, mm, I don't know. What do you what are you watching these days? <laughs> ask them a question about them. Like I don't know, what's new on Netflix? Selfish. We wanna we wanna talk about ourselves. So just turn it around, you know? Or Another thought I had was like, turn it around and ask them what they loved about the thing they're asking you about. You know, like, oh, when you guys would have kids, you know, I'm not sure, but what are some things you loved about becoming a parent for the first time? Like, what was that like for you? Oh, that's they're gonna be distracted and just talk about their own parenting. Kind right? of a like, good way too to like to get yourself out of that like the grump mindset, the grumpy, you know, and be a little bit more engaging about like that that future is still potentially there for you and that God loves you and wants you to have those blessings. And like, let's keep a good attitude about it. It can be hard, but it's definitely going to bless you. Yeah, for sure. Or like the mission, when you go to mission, you know, I don't, I don't know. What'd you love about your mission? Like, you know, like someone in my family asked someone else about like, when are you done with school? And he like got a little frustrated and it's like, she really just wanted to know like how school's going, you know? And you could just like, I don't know, man, do you want to help me study? Cause like I've been in school a long time. I know, you know, like whatever. Well, end when it ends. It ends when it ends. So leave me alone. I don't know. Just kidding. But, but like, you know, seriously, what did you love about your college or whatever? Or I don't know. Just, just know that oftentimes those questions are intended. Well, maybe they're not taken the way you'd like, you know, they're not taken that way, but that's, might be but also in private not in front of everybody you can also say like hey I know you're trying to be funny with this thing but like it, it kind of triggers me so Queen did not make those kind of jokes I would do that maybe ahead of time or like in private because calling someone out in front of everybody else tends to get people defensive yeah because then they're embarrassed right that you're like dude don't do that <laughs> you know it just Perfect. doesn't help we did it <laughs> we did it yep excuse me I bring it right back around to you don't have to talk about the things if you don't want to. And okay. So another big hot one is weight. And then someone on the Facebook group brought up health issues, which I think that goes hand in hand. Like people might have like different things going on with them. Like my sister, Katie, who she got interviewed like the very beginning of this podcast, but she had like this stuff going on, this vertigo going on forever. And everyone wanted to tell her all the things that she could do. She's like, you think I haven't tried that? Like, <laughs> It was <laughs> constant. And now she knows that it's like vestibular migraines and she gets a shot once a month and it helps her. And, you know, she kind of has that more under control now. But for a long time, she didn't have answers. And so everyone else felt like they needed to give her answers about how she should fix it. And yeah. so even if it's not a weight thing, there may be like health conditions that people want to make comments about, right? So... Again, you're like, okay, so-and-so makes fat jokes or this person, like, comments on what I eat, right? Like, they may not be blatantly, like, straight up saying you're fat or you're too thin or whatever. Because, like, I also know people that they get very sensitive that people make comments about how skinny they are when, like, they're not trying to be that way. Maybe they're very, very anxious or they have, again, like, a medical condition 
that's creating this particular body and they're just happy they have any weight on at all because they're going through some heavy health issues, right? So yeah. or I that think just it's important is their body it goes makeup. both ways. Yeah, I have a sweet niece who just like is tall and thin and for some reason like there's always somebody that says something like and it's like a casual offset comment like it's not like anybody's pointedly like talking about it but as we're talking about this I'm thinking oh my gosh and we also like always like um measure everybody (laughs) like how tall are you now oh my gosh and like I'm thinking man that might suck if there was one of them that was like the shortest boy and then the boy like yeah was never the tallest I'm like oh that's interesting I hadn't like thought about how that might be really offensive to like what if you're the oldest brother but you're the shortest right like yeah yeah might really affect them that's interesting well I think it's just things to consider right because I don't know for sure and and maybe they don't get offended by it maybe they're totally comfortable with their height or whatever but just just to be aware and just be thinking about like what might be there and if you're the person that's feeling frustrated or offended about it to lovingly bring it up right so like with health conditions, are you annoyed by their unsolicited advice? Like, are you disappointed that that's all they're seeing about you? Like they see yeah. the health condition more than they see you. Like, is that your concern? Like um, it, with the weight stuff, like, are you afraid of the judgment? Are you, um, you don't like the jokes about being heavy or being thin or whatever? Like, are you, is the deeper fear? Like if you get down deep, is it about being rejected? Which Spoiler, most everything's about being <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like, is it triggering a belief you already have about yourself? Like, just really spend some time with you and with God about what it is that's really bugging you. And like, yeah. what is the underlying issue? And yeah, making comments about how many rolls you're eating, like, I'm gonna punch you. Uh, but like, why? Why am I, why do I want to punch you about your comment about my rolls? Right. Like, if I have 16 rolls on my dinner plate and that's all I'm eating, none's your business. And if I feel great about my 16 rolls, then like I should brush off what you're saying, right? Like not should, but you know what I mean? So that's the thing though, is that also just go in with confidence in the idea that like, if you are eating 16 rolls and maybe you are uncomfortable and that makes you uncomfortable to someone saying something, maybe it is that you needed to eat some broccoli. You know what I'm saying? Maybe who knows? It could go both ways. And if you don't, then at least come in with the confidence of like, I'm eating my 16 rolls and we're all going to love each other about it. <laughs> right. Cause you can go both ways. It can be uncomfortableness because you know, there's something you need to change and it could be uncomfortable because it's not going to change and we don't need everybody pointing it out and not that they should point it out either, but at least if you've done that investigation work ahead of time, you can go in with more confidence of like, yeah, that's a sore subject for me. I'm working on it. And I can also still say to them, yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. This is just what I'm choosing to eat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Or because here's the thing, we can make requests of people all day long. Do they have to do them? Nope. No. So that might be where you make a plan of like, okay, how triggering is this? Is this like, I'm going to blow up and like, throw the rolls at you? I mean, (laughs) then maybe you just got to know yourself enough to know like, hey, here's the things I'd like to have happen. Because sometimes people think boundaries means like walls, or that it means like making other people do stuff. Yeah. And let me tell you, it don't. It don't mean no. that. It, <laughs> it normally so, means that you are making concessions or you are leaving the situation. Correct. Like sometimes people think that, and I just, in conversations I've heard or people talking about stuff, sometimes people mask um, control by calling it boundaries. Yes. 
you know like no, I, this has got to happen like I, no this is my this is my boundaries like no you're just trying to control them so I cannot control their comments I can make requests like this might be a great one to check in ahead of time like hey guys we tend to make a lot of fat jokes and like it's really not doing much for my self-esteem so can we like maybe joke about something else I don't know like play uno instead like something you know how fat the turkey is delicious is delicious how voluptuous that turkey is like yeah exactly whatever bowl full of jelly as Mm -hmm. in the cranberry jelly i don't know (laughs) thank you that's right so (laughs) you know maybe say those things ahead of time or whatever right but also like if they just won't you get to decide like am i gonna be here or am i just going to like change the subject move on and then later in my own space to like you know, with a safe person to process all that happened, like you got to kind of weigh out the cost benefit there because yeah, it just, is kind of a personal decision, but just to at least, like you said, like lovingly investigate what's going on. And is there things that you can build yourself up before you even get there so that maybe some of those comments don't have as much weight for you? Yeah. I think no, the pun, value no pun intended. Of, yeah. <laughs> I think the value of just knowing if it is, if it is something that like you feel like it's their issue versus it's your issue. Like you do really feel like there's something you need to change. It's valuable to understand that because we don't always want to place blame on somebody else, especially when we can't control them. Right. Like it's not always about somebody else. It's not like if we're able to identify, you know what? I feel vulnerable about this. I feel vulnerable about the fact that I don't eat enough vegetables. I feel vulnerable about it. So do I need to be mad that somebody else loves me about that? Now, maybe they didn't approach it the right way. I just think that it's helpful for all of us to be mindful of like, are we projecting our own insecurities or is it the person's insecurity being projected onto us, right? Like you're going to have two different types of conflict. And so it's good to be aware of like which ones those are. So, you know, okay, I have to make space for this person or I have to make space for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Look at you. Okay. So some ideas of things maybe you could say. So you could say, and this actually came from Tiffany Rowe um, on Instagram has a lot of really great content around diet culture and about boundaries. And, you know, she's a mental health counselor who's like on a mission to like make therapy cool. She has swag and she's got tons of amazing things. So if you want to do like a deeper dive on like diet culture and appearances and weight and people's comments and how to navigate all of that, I would go just binge her content but one thing that she talks about is like you know what I'm just working on not making my appearance matter more than anything else like it's that's not the most important thing right like that I, I'm focusing on other things in my life um you could even say just like hey it hurts my feelings when you make jokes about my weight can we talk about something else and I love you're saying about vulnerability Julie because I think that because most people are not that vulnerable when we just like take a risk you might be shocked more often than not that if you are really honest, like, man, I'm just kind of insecure. Like I don't eat enough vegetables. And like, I'm kind of feeling vulnerable about that. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly walls can drop when you just like say the true thing. Right. Without that's a wall. Because right. a lot of people that table probably also struggle with eating vegetables. Because mm-hmm. let's get real. Most of our culture is do. not great about their nutrition, you know? Right. So even if you're not bigger you still like there are smaller people who still struggle with what they feed themselves like as far as like nourishing right not diets but like nourishing their bodies well it's not about the size it's about the nutrition and there's a lot of people in this world regardless of their size that are not very 
nutrition based. You might be surprised if you open up and say something that maybe other people will feel the same. Yeah. But I get that scary, but that vulnerability is a little scary. Right. So like we said before, you can set up ahead of time, like, Hey, I don't want to talk about diet talk or weight, especially like if you have like an eating disorder, it's really, really important for you to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and making that like a priority. If this is something that's like, it bugs you, but like, it's not end of the world, do what you got to do. But like, if this is something that's super triggering because you have an eating disorder, be strong and make those boundaries and be okay with like having an escape plan. If you need that, like if it's going to trigger you into the relapse, feel free to call an Uber and find a friend, you know, yeah. like have 100%. a friend. Oh guys. I mean, 100 when I, I think it was my first year without my kids at uh 4th of July, 4th of July for my family is like bigger than Christmas. Like it's a huge deal. And so the first year I didn't have them, I think also, it was 2020. So there was no parade. And my family usually always has my grandpa's fire truck in the parade. Like it's this huge thing. So it's like 4th of July was canceled. I didn't have my kids and I, my parents were trying their best to like help me in my grieving, but like they didn't know what to do with me. And I didn't want to talk to them. It wasn't because I didn't love them. I just felt like it wasn't the emotional space that I needed. And I got myself an Uber called Julie. Do you remember how you came and got me, went to the mall and... (laughs) Got the weirdest massages ever. Fully clothed. No, I think we Fully had like clothes. We tried right? to see it. We're like, you know what you need? You need a relaxing day, but it's the 4th of July. So how's anyone supposed to do that? So we, got we ended massages up in this like mall. really random, it was like oh my gosh. a massage parlor that like they're just massages with their clothes on. It was really nice. It was great, but it was so funny. It was very random. I mean, but who's open on the 4th of July? This no random space point is like it wasn't that I didn't like love my family and it just in that moment I recognized that like my sorrow was too deep like I did not feel comfortable talking about it with them and that's not like any detriment to them I just I couldn't I couldn't I just was crying in my bed and crying and crying and crying and I was like I have got to get out of this my mom tried to help me and I was like I just can't and I think she might have suggested like phone a friend I was like that's it Julie I need out of here (laughs) and massages and sparklers and anyway it just it was so deep and heavy so I want you to recognize too like even if like you love your family sometimes they can't meet your needs in certain ways and that doesn't mean you don't care about them or they don't care about you it just means you're loving yourself enough to like get your needs met in a different way yeah so that was the point of my fourth of July story I like it I forgot about that it's great yeah that I I found a friend and I ubered myself in Julie's car and <laughs> I got right up out of that house because I think too it was like so painful that I was with my family but not my family you know yeah for sure and so like I needed to just like step away and like go unload on somebody who I know loves me unconditionally and anyway so sometimes an escape route is necessary but you don't have to like have an escape route like throwing bombs as you go you know right. <laughs> like I didn't like leave behind a landmine for my parents to blow up on it was like I love you guys and I'll be back in a couple of hours, you know? Yep. And we got through it and went back and I spent time with my family and all was well. But yeah, that was a rough year for sure. Um, anyway, okay. So if maybe it's like a health thing, right? And they're, they're saying something, you could tell them like, I totally appreciate you wanting to help, but can we talk more about what's going on with you right now? Because I don't, I want to get into it. 
you know? So a lot of this is coming back to like, just kind of turning it around. I like the idea that like, if you've got the plan in place, you're going to most likely be able to handle the situation in a more loving manner than trying to like, just stop it. You know, that anxiety, we want to just stop the, we want to stop the conversation. We want to stop the pain. We want to stop the stress. We want to stop the invasiveness. Whereas if I'm able to identify all of those things, then hopefully what we're saying is the ability to go. I love you so much. I really can't talk about this right now, you know? And then if you're vulnerable, then that vulnerability hopefully is met back by your family member who really do love you. And then they realize, okay, then that's how they need me to love them right now. They don't need me to love them with the best doctor in town that can help them with this. They need me to love them with just like, yeah, let's talk about something that's cash. Let's talk about this. Let me hug you. Let me meet you where you're at. And like, that's so much better than me going like, I can't talk about this right now. (laughs) <laughs> I've got too much anxiety. You know what I mean? Which we've all experienced Yeah, like, I can't talk about this. Go yeah. in and just go, I'm sorry. I, can't, I really can't talk about it right now. Vulnerability versus, like, anxiety-ridden answer, right? Totally. And I say anxiety because I struggle with it. So, like, I ain't making fun of it. <laughs> if I am, I'm making fun of me, you know? So, yep. it's fine. Um, okay, so last one to talk about is parenting because that's also, like, uh, we that also becomes emotionalized real quick so yeah i mean if there's some kind of like contest as to like who's the world's best mom i, I already it, I, I didn't sign up and even yeah, if i did failed. i failed <laughs> failed failed like no like failed. let's maybe let's just throw out the rulers of you know measurement let's just throw out the contest like there is no contest but i think we're all running around thinking that we're being like we're on display for this contest like oh, i like no the idea of clumping in at the same time, giving our parents space. Cause I don't know about you, but like somehow I feel like when we all get together, it's like my parents are worried about how they parented 20 years ago too. Or we're commenting on how they parented 20 years ago. Right. Or Mm -hmm. even my dad, Mm -hmm. well, my, my dad will say, well, if you had ever seen my dad, my dad acted like this, you know? And you're like, Oh, okay. So that makes it acceptable because you're a little less mad. <laughs> you handle this. In which case, you know mad. what? I take it all back. Doyle wins the contest. Yeah. Doyle is the best dad. <laughs> it's actually true. He's a really great dad. But nonetheless, I just think parenting in general, like it's not the time to uh, like to take on the years of trauma that your parents have caused you, nor is it for you to assume <laughs> that you have not already caused trauma for your own children because we all have. We've all done it. We all, and we don't need to discuss it at the family party and nobody's judging you. They really, I mean, and if they are, I don't know, judge them back. <laughs> That's an unfair statement. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. No, I don't I, think I, I think, I just, I guess maybe I think I have a lot of anxiety about this one because I have, you know, four different siblings that have children and we all parent very uniquely and very differently. And some of our children don't get along with each other and it can be very like anxiety ridden. And it's been a lot of time for us to build like kind of bridges and kind of like patience with each other. We have standing rules that like, we don't parent each other's children. Like I got it. We just kind of, Hey, uh, your kid's doing this. You want to deal with that? Yeah, I'll deal with that. Right. Yeah. And we it's have like other siblings awareness. Yeah. yeah. If my kid starts, uh, like if one kid starts kind of freaking out, I have a sister who like just gets up and leaves. Like she knows she's just going to take her kids. 
but I think a approaching everybody with a little bit more grace on that that like I loved that you said actually that like holidays are not a true reflection of how our kids are anyway like it's insane they're like overstimulated they've got sugar they've got like presents they've got all these things that are making them act in a way that's like not even a fair indication of like who they really truly are or how you truly are Right. Like there's so much going on. Like they're not on their normal schedule. They're overly excited. Like their tummy can be messed up because they're eating things they don't normally eat or like they might be missing home or they don't want to share your attention with extended family. Like your kids probably are being a-holes because there's a lot going on. <laughs> and also I think sometimes we trigger our parents when we parent a certain way. So like, oh yeah, if, if the kids like for my dad, I can tell it's a trigger for him. Like if our kids misbehave or something, it's almost like if we don't get after them in a certain way or like one time my kid, like Frank said something to me and, and my dad felt like it was very disrespectful. Well, I have a much more open communication with my children than we were allowed to have with my parents, right? Like we just, you don't talk to adults that way. Whereas for me, like we have more of an open communication and we talk to each other pretty frankly and like. So it, for my dad, it was triggering because it was a respect level just for the age range that he's in. And for me, I'm like, relax. You know what I mean? So I have yeah, to give him you space. You define it differently. Yeah, yeah, I have to give him space that he doesn't understand the way I parent, but it doesn't make it wrong. Right? Yeah. Or yeah, on yeah. Jake's side, especially with Charlie, like we have this boy who has some trauma and that's Jake's side. And his mom tends to overcompensate that by shoving sugar in his face the whole time that we're at holidays. Like yeah. he will overeat all of the sugar and like he goes to her over and over and over again. And I have to like tell her mom that it's not helpful. Like it's gone to the point where he's even like thrown up because yeah. he's just eating so much sugar. And I have to regulate that even when we're at home, but she doesn't understand that. And I can tell that it bothers her like that. We aren't, it's like, we shouldn't be restricting that stuff. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal or, you know, that's how she shows her love anyway. I mean, if she wants to tell you, I love you, it will come in the form of cake. So like, right. <laughs> you know, but I, I can be forgiving because I understand that like, that's how she loves, but that isn't how I love. And that's okay too. And it does cause frustration, but. I guess also that it's the reflection reflect on, is there a problem with the way that you're parenting? Are you not standing up for yourself the way you should? Or am I not yeah. giving Charlie the love that he needs? Am I not giving him the things I should, or I have the full picture of who this kid is, right? You see him right now, but I have a full picture. So like, I know his real needs. And so I'm okay that like at that moment, she maybe doesn't understand. For sure. And like, you can maybe even like identify, I don't know if you guys have done this, but maybe identify with her. Like, I can totally understand that you are hoping to compensate for all the trauma he's been through by like loving him in this way. Oh and, my like, gosh. That is such her. a good idea. You know what I mean? Name that Thank for you for her. life coaching like, me through that right now. Done. Done and done. <laughs> like acknowledge it for her and be, because she may not even understand that's what it is. Like you have more tools than she does. And so you can recognize that's what she's doing. But like, she may not understand that. Right. And like, if you, you know, or probably Jake, right? Whatever. Like just the, either the two of you like lovingly said to her, like, Hey, we get that. Like you want to overcome, like you want to compensate. I wouldn't say over. We want, you want to compensate for this kiddo. Cause like he's been through so much and we hear that this kid has been through so much and our hearts are drawn to like help him in these ways. And 
right? Like just acknowledging and, and like love her for that. Love her that she knows that this, this not knows. She's trying to love in the way she knows. I like the idea of that I guess I and that's a really good thing is that like we need to recognize that if we do have the tools because I think I know all of those things intuitively but I struggle to I just I live in the place where I go okay well that's why she feels that way and I don't know that I always advocate so if there's anyone out there who isn't advocating for yourself past that like because I know why my dad acts the way he does or I know why my mother-in-law acts the way she does but I don't know that I always advocate. I think sometimes I just go, well, I get it. That's why they act this way. Instead of me going, thank you so much for doing that. It's not working for us. Please don't do that. Yeah. That yeah. Well, cause there's just levels and layers. We just keep getting better and better. And the fact that you can like be forgiving and not blow up at them, that's also huge. So give yourself credit for that too, because we're always growing. We're always getting better. And so maybe next step for you is to like, maybe have that conversation, like pray about it. Right. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, when we're going to approach somebody else about their behavior, I think it's always best to, like, keep God at the center of that and really follow the spirit on, like, what could be said. But I just know that when we acknowledge other people's pain and, like, really step into, like, what their pain might be and lovingly, like, say, oh, man, I, I can imagine that's really hard for you. Like, those are the things that are going to help us be on the same team, which is Team Charlie, right? Right. So whatever the thing is with the kiddos. So... You know, like we said before already, set up boundaries ahead of time. What do you do to make sure your family gets what they need? I have, uh, my parents have been really great when I talk to them, like not an emotional place. I just say, hey, Evan really needs these things. Like with Evan, I've had to really advocate for like shutting TV down at a certain time. And it's not always respected, but like it's getting better. But like if homie has TV on at night, he will not sleep. He just won't. So I've had to talk to them lots of times about, hey, the reason I'm asking for this is because blah, blah, blah. And they're better about it. And, you know, we've made adjustments. And my mom actually got a tramp down in the basement so he can jump on a trampoline when he's there. Like, so just, you know, what does my family need? And lovingly and logically heading that up, that conversation, right? Like, hey, everyone needs these things, whatever. And, And when I talk to her in a way that's like, hey, we're all on team Evan. Yeah. Then I can get those things set up. And then my family vacations for during these holidays is a lot better because I've, I've partnered with my family instead of making them the enemy. I've partnered with them. Yeah. I love that. Especially in parenting. Like if I can look as everybody is like being part of this parenting plan, you know, like we always say, Oh, it takes the village, but then we don't want anyone in the village to like help us. <laughs> we don't want anyone in the village to criticize us either. Right. I just want the village like, to be really nice and oh yeah, pick up only the, pe- the pieces. Yeah. And pick here's the, the thing is like when they are criticizing one, it says more about them than it does about you. But also they're probably trying to be helpful. Yeah. Even if it doesn't feel helpful, just acknowledging people's intentions can be good. You know, it's like no, like that's probably what it is. And one of the things that I decided to do when my kids were really little and I was getting all kinds of unsolicited advice. I would just say, that's interesting. Hmm, interesting. That's interesting. Because then later I can consider, like, once I've gotten past my own, like, triggers and my, you know, judgments of myself, I can say, oh, is that a good idea or not? Or I can say, not put in the trash, right? But in the moment, if you don't know yet, I feel, even if it is, you're like, oh, my gosh, I know this is the stupidest thing. And, like, I'm not listening to you. 
say, hmm, that's interesting, and, like, walk away, or change the subject, or whatever, like, that kind of became, like, my go-to, was, like, that's interesting. Love it. Because it is, like, interesting you think that, like, you don't get to know what I mean by that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. That's my secret code. I could be saying that's interesting, and in my head be thinking, I've ever heard or I could be thinking dumb (laughs) (laughs) I mean listen I try not to say it was dumb even in my head but point is you can just very sweet of you Annie and we're all working towards that but (laughs) some of us it's fine are not there and it's me (laughs) (laughs) and it's me (laughs) who's got two thumbs and sometimes call people dumb (laughs) this girl Who's got two thumbs and is sometimes dumb? I mean, I, girl. the things I do, I'm like, <laughs> did I really do that? Yeah, it's okay. me too. Okay, it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, and like really looking at like, yeah, are you embarrassed when your kids act up because you think it makes you look bad? Yes. I think we all like attach our kids' behavior to our worth. Yep, 100%. That so, and then like we said, like holidays, everything's on like level 200, you know? Like the volume's turned up. Everything is just up. And so then we're like, all of our insecurities are also on like high, high, high levels, right? And so yeah. like, oh man, like one thing for me, this is not holiday related, but just being late every morning, I have been like so annoyed with my kids and I've been like, I'll try not to, I'll try not to. And then I'm like, get in the car, let's go. Like I get so frustrated about being late for school every freaking morning and so then I heard this thing at Education Week that was like, anger is an alarm for an unmet need. And I'm like, okay, like that let's dig me. into why I'm so mad about this. Cool, cool, cool. So I was like, oh, I am so afraid of looking bad as a parent that if I keep showing up every single day with my kid being late, like they're like, what is she doing her parenting? She cannot get her kids on time ever. Like it makes me look bad if they're late. They don't care if they're late. Right. You think they have any cares in their mind now because they're playing among us while I'm trying to feed them breakfast (laughs) or or maybe you get a note from a teacher and they tell you that your son flipped somebody off and they flipped off a teacher and that does reflect very badly on you (laughs) but the The truth is I've never made that gesture and I don't make that gesture at people so it isn't me (laughs) But it certainly reflects and makes me feel real bad as a parent. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we all have things. We all have things about our parenting that we're like nervous about or anxious about or whatever. And when it is a holiday time, just know everything's revved to 9,000 and take a breath. Man, from October to January is the worst time to teach kids anything. It's just very difficult. Up to and. Yes, yes, for sure. So the tips for this one, just reassure yourself that kids are going to be kids and it doesn't mean anything about you. And here's the thing is, even if they did pick up like a bad thing from you or whatever, it's part of them being human and you being human. Yes. The end. Like we have got to quit taking credit for their good stuff and credit for their bad stuff. Like we are teaching them the best that we know how as messed up, flawed human beings. And then they're going to go to therapy anyway. Because... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> just save up for their therapy fund now because it's going to happen anyway. I mean, my kids are in therapy now, but you know, like just know it, all kids are going to therapy because they're parents. Like 
we're you can't escape it fine right but just know that yeah just reassure yourself that kids are going to be kids we're all going to be okay recognize other people's criticisms say more about them than it does you and you know try the that's interesting trick if that's helpful to you but here's the last two things I want to say about the family drama around parenting I want you to choose to be kind even if others are not I know that's not easy and I will tell you right now that I have had to do a much deeper dive on this the past couple of years and it has always paid off it's always yeah. paid off for me to choose kindness even if they're not because I want to know that that's who I am and when I get back and face my heavenly father and I tell him and I check in about how I treated my relationship I'm gonna have to be accountable for the ones that I didn't like as well mm-hmm. not just the people I like oh yeah I was super kind to Julie <laughs> all the time yeah of course you are like how am I treating who I don't like and to make that choice I've never regretted it the other thing I want you to consider is that everybody everybody even great aunt Sally even cousin Nikki whatever uncle Lou I don't know they all just want to be loved and accepted that's at the heart of most every behavior is this deep fear of rejection because they want to be loved and accepted that's what everybody wants. If you can take a step back and take a breath and just know that that's what people are coming from, try a few tricks to like keep yourself in a boundary place, have an escape plan if you need it. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you can step into the holidays with a little more love and compassion. Ooh. And we just know we love you and happy stinking holidays. Yeah. Happy yeah. stinking holidays. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.